And now, ladies and gentlemen, the time has arrived. You are watching Southwest Boxing Media in association with Brixton Streetwear. Excuse me from Southwest Boxing Media in association with Brixton Streetwear. And please welcome, as always, my co-host on the podcast, my good friend, Mr. Scotty Williams. Now, Scott is somebody who I usually look forward to speaking to. He's a good friend of mine. We've always got lots to talk about. We share very similar interests without football, without boxing. The conversation is always good, always somebody I enjoy speaking to. But, Scott, I'm going to let you say the reasons why I'm actually dreading speaking to you today. So, Scott, go on the floor as you with me. <laughs> well, I, I just can't. I, it's just the, the performance by you, you a lot last night. And, well, it was, I, it was just a bit of a shambolic defensive display and just really... Just really, and midfield and everything, really. I, yeah, Liverpool are a bit at the races at the moment, and I, I can't put my finger on, on why that is. I know obviously Marnie's gone, but uh, there's still a lot of quality there, and I don't know. I just think, I don't know. I, it looked like Rolls Averse yesterday. You look, you look like the man you like us, and yeah. we look like you. I, I, you, I, well, Trent walking, jog, having a little jog back with that first goal. I couldn't believe it. It was it was just really it was just awful. It was an awful performance. The, the midfield was non-existent. You know, it was so easy to to cut through our midfield. You were splitting our midfield with one pass. You know, and as you said, that was having an effect on the defence. And I mean, you don't see Virgil Van Dijk looking nervous or you know being out of sorts often. But even he wasn't at his his uh, his A game, shall we say? And I mean, we have got a lot of injuries, Scott. I'm not making excuses. We have got a lot of injuries. Yeah, no, I, I think obviously the Gomez Gomez and Van Dijk isn't the Go to back to is obviously you've got Matip and Canate, isn't it? Is the other block like we're obviously better than him. And yeah, you know, but I mean those two are out. Thiago's a massive loss in midfield. You know he's out and he's he's out. I think they're looking. Um, I think you're looking mid September at least as well with that. Um, Jota's been out for a while. You know he's such a big player for us. Scores big goals. Obviously Nunes was he picked up his ban for the for the three games for the end, but in a week as well. Uh, I'm not making excuses, Scott. I mean, at the end of the day, we were awful and you were bang at it from the first whistle, really. It looked like you wanted him more than us from the very first whistle. Do you think um, Firmino's done now, Bat? I, I, I don't know. Did he touch the ball yesterday? Oh, it's, it's strange, but he's been... I don't know what's happened. I, I think maybe, dare I say, we've seen the best of Bobby Firmino in a Liverpool shirt now. That boy you brought on was good, mind. A young kid who um, looked really bright, like... Yeah, Cavani or Fabio Cavani is a new signing. He, he looks um, he looks promising to be honest. I hope he starts on the weekend because every time he's come on off the bench, he, he he's made some sort of impact. Like you know, and he's um there's a lot of rave reviews about him. He looks a talent, but um yeah, it was I forgot what that feeling was like, Scott. Especially losing to you lot. It's been a while since I've had that feeling. Like so, like I and... said, you I didn't sleep very well last night. Yeah. Um, and... I, well, I didn't either, but I, I, I was I was excited just because I was happy with the performance. But like we said, sometimes I say this to Nicola, like she says, "Oh, I, you know, you did not last, but when we won a game, maybe last year." And she's like, "You happy?" And I'm like, "Well, no, not really." And she's like, "You won the game." I'm like, "I know, but we were we were awful." Do you know what yeah. I mean? Some, sometimes you're gonna lose a game and feel like, "Oh, we did really well there today." We, you know, we were unlucky, but. There's nothing worse than when you lose and you've been absolutely dire at the same time. That that's what it was for me, Scott. Like Jamie Carrigan had a spot on. He said on Sky Sports News. I mean, you can go to Old Trafford and lose a game, same as you can come to Anfield and lose a game. You know that that'll happen. These are tough places to go for. You know, when you go to your biggest rivals, you know, it is it it goes like that. But it's just the manner of the defeat it is, and I'm sure you felt. Well, I know you felt like it last year. Obviously, you know the five nil at Old, at Old Trafford, and then. Sort of the same thing. Then when you come to Anfield, you were more disgusted by the performances when you're not, you know, not the, the losing the game. Yeah, the manner we've, of the defeat and the manner of the the lack of performance, we should say. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been the same for any Man United Liverpool fan. You, we've lost at Anfield. I've seen them lose two 0 three 0 Anfield loads of times, and you've lost at Old Trafford. You know, three one, two one, two 0 three over the years. You, you know, but it's. Is always close, and you know what I mean. There's always yeah. like both teams are bang up for it, and he, I, I just can't believe you got people. You, it was like well, United being against Brighton and against Brent, just jogging, and 
just leaving people have room and just walking. I just that's just not acceptable. Like I don't care whether you play for you know not in a forest or Cardiff. You just even at you know amateur league, you can't just walk around the field. That's just it's just not acceptable, is it? No, no, and especially in those games, you know. I mean, it's not acceptable at all. I mean, when you you know when you're the playing fan or you're following your team. All around the country, you know, it, it, mm. it's not acceptable. That's no, but especially then against your biggest rivals in those games. I mean, if you've got players there that can't get themselves up for those games, mm. I mean, that's when it's worrying. And to be fair, you know, we haven't been, you haven't been able to say this about this Liverpool team of it no. really because we haven't needed any jerking up. Do you think? I just time. think you've just I been so been, good. I just think it's like you've been so like you've been such well. It's, you know, ninety odd points a season, Champions Leagues, winning trophies. Yeah, this unbelievable. You know, it is, it is, isn't it? Like the simmer box, and you can't, you can't stay at the at the top and be brilliant every you know, week in, week out. Do you know what I mean? At some point, you do need a bit of fresh blood. Maybe, I mean, I, I do think people are overreacting a little bit. Like, do you know what I mean? It's thirty five games the season ago. Yeah, there's you know, God, hundred odd points. So it's not oh, the end of the world. But, you, do, you do see the meltdowns, you know. I can't stick the meltdowns. Like, but it isn't a great. The three games that, I mean, I think they've seen as like seven or nine games that we've gone behind. Liverpool never go yeah. behind this team, don't do they? No. That's, you know, that's, that's three nil half time sometimes, and what gems are got in over them? That's what's been worrying for me is that we've been. It's as if team, you know, the first three games have been so easy to score against, and we're not really offering that. You know that. The, the electricity that we've seen from our Liverpool teams, you know, in the past couple of years, it has not, it hasn't been quite electric going forward either in the first three games, mm. and the chances are few and far between, you know, and it's a worry for me that is. But as you said, it's a, you know, there is a long way to go, Scott. It's not, you know, like I don't see it as a disaster. I mean, it, I, as I said, I, I've said it before. I don't like losing to Man United. I, I won't want to lose to Man United in a game of rock paper scissors. I'm just sure <laughs> saying the other way, Scott. Yeah, it's just the way it goes. But you know. It's not a disaster. Um, but yeah, I'm not feeling my best today, Scott. But we are seven minutes into a boxing podcast. <laughs> we're talking about football. So, just to keep our worldwide boxing fans tuning into the podcast, Scott, I'm, I'm sure we better get on to uh, talking some boxing. What do you reckon, buddy? Definitely, but yeah, let's go for it. Yeah, well, Scott, the reason we, we haven't done this for a while, um, we haven't jumped on for a while. We've obviously it's been summer holidays. We've been busy. You've been away. I've been away doing different things. Um, so apologies for that, for those who do listen. But um, we, we couldn't really go past this week and not jump on for a quick chat because it's been a big week in boxing, as we know. Um, big heavyweight clash on the weekend in Jeddah. Auntie Joshua come up short um, in his, his attempt to, to become a three-time world heavyweight champion um, against the absolutely brilliant masterclass that is Alexander Uzek. Um Uzek, obviously, for those that don't know, I'm sure everybody does know, won it by a split decision. Although I know we've got our opinions on that, Scott, and we share the same opinion. Um, there's lots of talking points, Scott. You know, there's things to talk about, sort of what happened during the fight, during in particular rounds, the judging, as we mentioned there. And there's a lot of talking points after the fight as well. Um, but let's just start with your immediate thoughts on, I mean, how the fight went, Scott. Is Did it go the way you thought it would? Um, yeah, was it anything that surprised you? I mean, I, I think Josh did a lot, a lot better than the first fight, but I mean, you know, you have to expect that. I mean, he couldn't have come up and done any worse than what he did in the first fight, even though I had a 9 3 in the first fight, so it was like an 8 4. So he only won, in, won one more round, but still, you know, there were a lot, a lot of close rounds there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it was any disgrace in that performance by any stretch of imagination. Um, I thought he did really well. The ninth, he, he, he Uzik was all over the shop, wasn't he? But I mean, do you think he, do you think he did hurt Uzik in that ninth? It did look like didn't it at one point, like he had hurt him. Yeah, I, I think, I think it was. I think he hurt him and he hit him low. I think that low shot was, um, you know, I think Uzik said afterwards I couldn't walk after that because it was a bit of a bit of a low one. I was thinking. You know, he could have done it a bit. I know it's a bit dirty, but sometimes you got to you got to fight dirty. You know, you know, against somebody who was just so technically good like that. But mm. he was definitely definitely rotten in the ninth, and I, I don't know what on earth happened in ten, eleven, and twelve. How he came out and just literally dominated the next three. Just I, I, at the time, I thought, oh my god, maybe he's going here. Maybe 
AJ can put it on him in the tenth. I don't know where AJ had sort of blown a little bit in the ninth because he obviously exerted a lot of energy. But I think I also thought... credit credit to the champion that Uzi ah. did, isn't it? I mean, to come out after Joshua in the ninth, to come out in our tenth, as you said, a lot of people. I think even AJ's team in the corner, you know, again, this is it, this is it. I mean, to come out and do what he did in round 10 and, like you said, 11, 12, it just shows, I mean, this guy is just, he's just a monster in the boxing terms. He is, like, he's unreal. Yeah, I think, like, mentally, you know, that's the, I think, well, that's one of the most, you know, obviously being technically good and having a knock-up power and good footwork and everything, but, you know, boxing is a, You've got to have the mentality, it's, it, you know, the win and lose fights in your head. So there's only when I think Uzik and like that, the Lomachenko, their sort of mental strength is second. And then like Fiorina, right? his mental strength is like unbelievable. And I, I think that gives fighters the edge sometimes when, you know, you, you're dragged into into deep water. And I think, I think that showed in 10, 11 and 12. We both agreed, I think, Scott, that it was definitely an improvement from Joshua, you know, compared to the first fight. There were improvements there. There was a better performance from Joshua. A more focused performance, I would say, a more motivated performance. But is it a sort of misconception with people saying that it was a close fight? Like I didn't, I don't think it was a close fight, Scott. I mean, there was it was close rounds early on in particular. I thought Joshua started well. Um, he was boxing pretty well for the first few rounds. There were rounds early on that maybe at the push you could have said were quite tight, quite close, but. Overall, I mean, I added eight four. I scored an eight four. Scott, I did. Yeah, same. Um, I mean, we were on the chat the other day. I mean, there are some other eyes that were watching that, like Steve Bunch. We talked about Steve Bunch, you know. Um, he said that he had a seven five to Joshua. But I think the same thing happened, didn't it, with the Chisora fight? This other, you know, like Eddie and Bell, who all ringside thought that Chisora won it, and yeah. you know, he, he didn't, did he? Come on, you know, I think no. that's. And people were going on about the commentary was very biased, so that 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 can sw- that could have swayed people from more more towards Uzik than really what it was. But I mean, uh, he's just got that how much style. He just like he's hit those jabs. I mean, he's just pinging it, or scoring all the time, isn't he? All the time, he was just. But that, that's the thing as well. I mean, a lot of people. I think you've got to know as well when you talk. Yeah, about, how we win around, did it? You've got yeah, to score in punches. What is a scoring punch, Scott? I mean, a lot of people. Are they scoring points to Joshua when he's hitting Uzik's gloves? That's not a scoring punch. Yeah, no arms and things, you know. You... Yeah, yeah, a lot, a lot of Joshua's work was good work, but also credit to Uzik, a lot of it was blocked. Onto, yeah, it was onto Uzik's gloves, or Uzik was slipping them, and he he's so good at creating those angles and moving off, and you know that footwork is just exemplary, and then and it's unreal. Um, I, I tell her I did notice. Um, I, Joshua seemed like struggled to hold him. Do you see like? He was trying to hold him, and, and Uzik was just like pushing him off. And I, I was like really surprised. He was like pushing him off, and then I was thinking, surely AJ can hold him, you know, a bit tighter than that and lean on him. But he was every time he was going to hold, Uzik just seemed to like get out of it and push him back. And I was just a bit like, how was he doing nice? He's one Josh- of the best, Scott. Right, Uzik is one of the best. I was saying this to the boys at the gym earlier. Right, Uzik's one of the best I've ever seen. At uh, he will not. He, it's as if when he touches the ropes. It's as if he gets electric shock because he is never on the ropes longer than five seconds. He knows it's a danger zone. He knows his back touching that rope is danger. And he gets himself off and moves off. And he's so good with his feet. He's so good at, you know, being able to move off and then get that distance again. It's just it's just brilliant to watch, Scott. It really is brilliant to watch. And I mean, you know, just just what a fight that he is. We knew it already, didn't we? But I mean that was that was some impre- you know, impressive performance to do that again. Um, just, just brilliant, Scott. I've got to be honest, it was. Yeah. Um, Scott, I, I want to ask you quickly as well. Um, before we come on to the the split decision as it was announced, um, I know we got our comments on that, and in particular again judging. Um, before we come on to that, Scott, some some people have been sort of over social media, a bit critical of Joshua's corner team, um, saying that in between rounds, you know, he was telling jo- they were telling Joshua the wrong things. They were saying that he was winning rounds when he wasn't. He was winning the fight. And then some people are even saying that's maybe why Joshua reacted the way he did at the end because he was being told and he was being convinced, really, that he was winning this fight. So then it must have come as a shock at the end to him when he was announced as it was. 
What did you make of, of the corner work? I mean, we're talking about Robert Garcia, who was called in for this. We're not going to question him, Scott, because we'll need to sit here on a boxing podcast and, you know, question a trainer who's had multiple world champions in multiple weight divisions. Um, but what did you make of the corner work, Scott? Was it anything being said that you think was wrong or was sort of, you know, being a bit mis- misleading for Joshua? It's difficult because what do, you, what do you say to him? I mean, what do you say to somebody fighting Uzek? Why would you Galvin? You know, he's so difficult to hit. He's so good. Mm. Uh, I I just think they were. I I just think they were just trying to G him up. I think you know we saw the last time to me obviously people were were critical of Roma Crack and were saying oh you know he's he was telling the wrong thing. I, again, it's hindsight, isn't it? If Joshua would have Joshua would have won that split decision, we wouldn't be talking about the corner then. It's the same with football, isn't it? You know, we Ten Hag was and it was being. People are saying he needs to be sacked, you know, for the first yeah. two games. We beat Liverpool now. He's the best since sliced bread. Yeah. You know, it's, it, hindsight is fantastic, isn't it? Everything's rosy when you win, isn't it? Exactly. And I just think, what, what else could they say to him? They go, right, Joshua, just say no. Now you're losing this fight. So uh, go and empty the tank. You know, if they said that, then people would say, oh, they shouldn't have done that yet. I just don't know what they, what can you say? I, I don't know what you can say against against it to a fighter who's fighting Hosek. You know, yeah. um, I I think it's a bit harsh. I think people, you know, will look to blame everything possible when they look to blame, you know, Joshua for taking the fight, blame the corner, blame this, blame that. I don't know. I just think it's a bit, I think it's a bit harsh blaming the corner. I, I just don't know what, what they could have said to him. I think, I, like you said, I'm not one to sit here and say they should and this and that, but I just, I, I don't know what else they could have said. I mean, what what's, what's your thoughts on it? Do you think they could have said anything different? It's, it's a difficult one because, like you said, I mean, what is the answer to beat Alexander Uzek? I, I, I mean, I don't know. If, you know, if Robert Garcia and Angel Fernandez, who, who's an absolute gentleman, by the way, we met him, first person that um, gave us our interview and opportunity, Scott, so a lot of respect for him. Um, I mean, if they, you know, if they can't guide Joshua to a win over Alexander Uzek, I mean, what, what are we going to sit here and say, Scott? We, we, there's nothing that can be said, really. Um, I think he's just a he's just a better fighter, you know. It's just one of those things. Um, I think his all round style and game, you know, it, it's so difficult for anybody to beat, really. Um, yeah, I, I had, I could see the point that was being made, you know, that people were saying that, like, you know, um, is it just a case of they just telling Joshua what he wants to hear, and how is that going to benefit him in in a, in a tactical sense? And I, I can see that, I can see that. And then maybe it did lead to that immediate reaction from Joshua at the end because, you know, he must have believed that he was winning the fight if that's what he's being told. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a difficult one, Scott. It is a difficult one. As I said, I, I don't think don't think we're in a position to question it, really. No, and I'm sure if there was an obvious answer, I'm sure Angel Fernandez and Garcia would have worked it out before we would have worked it out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, Scott, you know, and... and you know, you, you've got to bear in mind as well, I mean, how difficult it must be being up there under the bright lights, you know, in and amongst that, in such a, you know, a high-stakes boxing match. It's just the pressure on that is, is unreal, isn't it? So, like I said, you know, I don't think it's fair for us to sit. You can have our opinions on it. Of course, we can. I mean, that's the whole point of this podcast, is to have opinions and discuss things. But, you know, I don't think it needs to be over sort of talked about, really. No, I like, um, when, but it's like when people say, oh, yeah, you need to go in and put it on him. Is it, but I'm sure. I'm sure they. I'm sure they. They know that. There's. Uh, you go and try and put it on Alexander Lewis at them, and he's when he's dodging it, when moving out of range, and then and then snapping your head back at you know with a jab, and you know it, it's not as easy as just go and put it on him. Is it? Do you know what I mean? No, no, exactly, Scott. Exactly. Um, Scott, let's come on to the. the I want to come on to the scores then, right? The the scorecard at the end. I haven't got the um. I can't remember the exact scorecard, but I do remember the one, the critical one. I mean, it was announced as a split decision. Um, I, I thought one... draw, to be honest. As soon as they thought split, I thought, oh my God. I had, I had the same feeling, Scott. I thought this is going to be a draw now because at least then it'll give Joshua some, you know, kudos that he's done better. So it's a draw and he'll sort of have the trilogy. And I was thinking, oh my God. And at the same time, I was thinking, I, although I wanted Joshua, and I was thinking, I really hope he doesn't get this because that would be, 
this would just be a, a bro. Uh, it, it was just like we. I was I was out watching it. I was Scott, and I mean when the when that one was announced, there was just a lot of scratching of heads, you know. And and my first initial reaction was what you just said there. Now I thought, is this going to be announced as a draw to set up that trilogy fight, you know? And and oh, it would it would it would have just been so wrong, wouldn't it? It would have been so wrong in all. I mean, the split decision is wrong, Scott, isn't it? I mean. What was that guy watching? It seemed like we were, we were like broken records about talking about judging, and we're not the only boxing podcast that does that. And it is a major problem within boxing. We've said this, we've discussed this over and over. What's what's that guy? How was that guy watching and seeing it like us, Scott? Like, can, can you tell me how? Well, what was even more worrying? He, he gave an interview after the fight, and if we saw it, I, I know I did. I did. And he, see, he yeah. said, I, "I don't, I don't know how I gave it to Joshua." He's like, "What? How do you, how do you not?" You gave it to Joshua because you 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 scored more rounds in Joshua's favour. I mean, I, I, to come out and say I don't know why we give it to Joshua. I think that's the dullest. He should have just said, "Well, I I just scored." You know, I I thought Joshua's pressure was better. Blah blah. blah. But to say I don't know how I did it, that's even more that's even more worrying, isn't it? Yeah, because these people we are relying on these people to get it right these people can change lives they can break dreams they can break hearts these people are in charge of all those things happening all those scenarios playing out scott so to be you know to come out and then not be able to back himself or not be able to explain how he's got to or come to what he's what he has like you said there's a big worry that is and to me scott if that's the case i mean he shouldn't be going anywhere near Anywhere near catching a boxing boxing match ever again, in my opinion, because that's absurd. That is, isn't it? Really, Adam? Was it five one up going into the seventh, or f- yeah, five one up going into the seventh round? I find that mental. He, even like Scott, you can watch the fight over and over, right? And those first rounds were the close rounds. Yeah, I thought Joshua did do well in those first few rounds. He did, right? He did. He started well, but. You've still got to, you've still got to see it as your eyes see it, and I, I can't for the life of me work out how eyes could see anything else. The, the, the more we talking about, it. I mean that, that that's ridiculous. That is, you know, to score it like that after that. Yeah, I, I, I can't, I can't work it out for the life of me, and it, and it is, it is worrying, and it is, it is a big problem within boxing, Scott, isn't it? Do you think Simon Jordan on talks what has obviously come out and said, oh, the thing is. Maybe these judges are tied into the zone. Maybe not that they, not that they've been given the brown envelope when, but you know, maybe you know they've been sort of sort of coerced and maybe edging for Joshua. Do you think it could be something like that, or do you think it's just just a bit of a just a bit of a madness? To be honest, I think the only people I know are these. I'm going to call them clowns. that's getting this all wrong because, as I said, but what's more like. I wouldn't have minded, Scott, if he could have just explained it. Because, not to say I'd agree with it then, I would accept it, because I still go with my eyes and what I'd seen. But at least if he'd come out and he'd given a reasonable explanation, or like you said, he'd explained what about Joshua's work had made him come to that decision, or score it that way, we could have sort of maybe said, all right, okay, well, there we are. We all see things differently, you know. Yeah, that's what you've gone with, you know. Like like I said, Steve Bunce had his 7-5, Joshua. I didn't have it anywhere near that. I didn't think it was that close by any stretch no. of imagination. But at least listening to the boxing, Steve Bunce's podcast, he explained them, you know, what he was seeing in those rounds. And he was trying to explain it. So, all right, it doesn't mean I agree with it. I have got a different opinion. But I can accept that's his opinion. That's the way you saw it. But this guy who is like, like I said, he's in charge of, calling this right he's in a massive position he's in such a high position in such a, a massive fight with so much at stake and he's getting it so wrong and then worse than getting it wrong he can't even tell the world you know he's happy enough to go in front of a camera but then he can't explain that how he's come to that I mean, yeah. it, just, it just baffles me and it worries me Scott yeah I mean I'm just like I said I'm just glad you know all said and done the right person got the right call and yeah, you know, yeah, we move forward. That's when it's it's looked more upon, and that's when it would have been more worrying. And to be fair, I think Uzek took it pretty well. He was asked about the split after, and he said, "Look, split or no split, 
the right man won, and, and that's the way it is, you know. Yeah, and the world knows that as well. Like, apart from Steve Benson, I've seen anybody say that they thought Joshua won it, to be honest. But no, no, exactly. You know, even so, Eddie Hearn, to be fair to him, come out and said, you know, I had it all square. Yeah, you know, I had Joshua up maybe in the ninth by one, and then 10, 11, 12, he took over, so we lost by, lost by two. So, you know, and that's yeah. his promoter saying it. So, definitely, Scott. Let's, go, let's get on to obviously, um. What's been much talked about since the fight, really, was more the sort of post-fight reaction, in particular of Anthony Joshua. I mean, let's start with his immediate reaction. Um, we know emotions are running high straight after the fight. Maybe it's not a good time to stick a microphone in front of somebody. Maybe it's not, especially after, you know, like I said, the stakes are so high. Um, straight after the fight like that, it's probably not the best time. But there we are, that's it's the way the media do it. That's the best time to get the reaction the world wants to see, I suppose. But talk to me about Joshua's immediate reaction, Scott. We, we saw, obviously, the belts were thrown. Um, he sort of stormed out of the ring. You could see clearly, we've seen videos of him swearing. He was angry, you know, he was this, he was that. I think he had a bit of a, a short confrontation with a fan or somebody as he was walking out as well. And then it's as if, I don't know whether somebody whispered in his ear or I know his dad was going after him. Or somebody told him, or where they just clicked, and he thought, you know, I made a bit of a clown myself here yeah, now, and he headed back to the ring. Um, what what did you make of all the the shenanigans and all the goings on post fight, Scott? It was strange, isn't it? I, uh, I don't know. I think he's had such. He's lived in a. He's had such a. He lived in a goldfish bowl in for ten years. You know, he's won the Olympic gold. Yeah, he got signed to Matchroom was the next best thing. Was the face of Lynx, the face of Under Armour, the face of Lucas Aid, you know, the British institution. You know, obviously, he's been guided, rightly so, in his career to say and do the right thing. And I think sometimes we forget that, you know, he is a human being at the end of the day. And yeah, although he was paid a lot of money to do it, you know, but he's, he's given his life of me when you think, you know, look, we talk about. You know what boxers give up in order to do things. I mean, I think what he's must be gone through over the last decade, unbelievable. And I don't know. I I I just think that people are very quick to very quick to jump on him and say, "Oh, he shouldn't have done this and shouldn't have done that." But then those people who are saying, "Oh, yeah, I can't believe he did that," other people that are saying, "Oh, I I'd love to see the real Joshua." So it's like, well, what what do you want? Do you want to see the real Joshua? And then, yeah. or, or or do you want it? You know, sort of be like this sort of I don't say media puppet because it's a bit. I think it's a bit harsh, but I don't know. I I just felt I I felt a bit mad. A few things. I mean, all right, yeah, they shouldn't stick a mic in front of him. But then at the end of the day, he's getting paid a lot of money. Is need to be put in that position. So mm. maybe he comes into his team to say, "Oh no, you know, we don't want to spit." I don't know. I don't think there's any right answer. I I. I he obviously threw the belts, but then... I've got to be honest, Scott. That's the only... We were talking about the team earlier, but for a different thing. We were talking about in between rounds. I would have liked to... Have, I wasn't really critical about that. We, we, neither of us were. We said, you know, it is what it is. Who are we to comment on that? But I am going to be slightly critical of the team sort of post-fight because I think at that moment where you could see that Joshua was sort of losing control a little bit and his emotions were getting the better of him. Like you say, he's a human being, it happens, right? We get that. But as soon as he threw those belts then and, you know, that's the way he was reacting, I think we, we should have seen then his team intervening then, yeah, in some sort of way, you know, whether it be, I don't know, Robert Garcia, Angel Fernandez, some of, the, you know, his entourage that he's got around him. I know he's got family members. I think it's his cousin, is his security guard. Eddie Earn is obviously in there as well. I think Barry was there or thereabouts. There's so many people there, you know, that could sort of intervene. I know it's difficult when somebody's hyped up like that and emotions are running high. But I think I would have liked to have seen somebody sort of intervene and just just help him a little bit because, like you said, at the end of the day, that guy is, that guy is a human being who's constantly under pressure. He's in the yeah, and he's been constantly under pressure for a decade of his life. Do you know what I mean? 24-7, he's... he's under pressure, he can't get up and go down to shop, Scott, like we can. He can't. He can't go to the park with his little one and just be left alone to, you know, enjoy the day. This guy is, like Eddie and said, he's constantly under pressure and everything he says or does, right or wrong, will be scrutinised. And I would have just liked to have seen somebody at that moment when he, you could see he was losing control, the belts he threw, 
that scene is very disrespectful. He shouldn't yeah. have done that, you know. Especially, and he sh- maybe they should said, "Come on, we'll, you know, you can say your bit now in the press conference afterwards if you want to, you yeah. know, exactly uh, have a bit of a rant do that in the press conference." The only thing I'm a bit disappointed, and it's easy, you know, God, it's so easy for us to say it. Yeah. You know, it was it was its moment, and I, I feel like it sort of is overshadowed of an absolutely unbelievable achievement, especially. I agree. Especially with everything that's gone on for Uzik and you know in Ukraine, and mm. I just think they should have, it should, it shouldn't have got, they shouldn't have given him a mic. They should have just taken the mic off him, and he was gone about he studied Ukraine, and I'm like, oh, I was, I was dying a little bit for him. It's just, you know, it, it was as if he's doing a speech, you know, in the in the morning. He's just done bloody twelve rounds. He's his head popped right, left, and centre. Possibly could have been concussed. You know, he's given up his life to, you know, to be a three-time world champion. He's been a split this year. He's been snatched away from him. All this stuff have gone on. Yeah. I just think, just, just, just get him out to the bloody ring, man. Just he, don't he give him a Scott, because, like you said, as soon as he started going off, and when, when he started talking about his hardships and, like, what he's been through, I mean, you should never compare someone's story to another, another person's story. Everybody's got hardships daily, right? And what one person's got going on in their life, it shouldn't be compared to what somebody else has got going on in life, right? You don't compare those things. It's each to their own and each everybody's going through different battles, right? But I, I just think when he started talking about those things, I was thinking, but that man opposite you, Brian, I was just beating you in two fights, has been doing all this in the middle of his country, being in a world war where, you know, his family are not safe, his loved ones are not safe. He's under that pressure. He's been involved on the front line himself. You know, I, is all that going on as well? And I'm just thinking, oh, somebody just please, like you said, step in, help Joshua. Often one, and he's saying the wrong things. There were mm. certain things he said, which were, you know, were, were good. But then there was the majority of that speech, I think it was about five or six minutes long. It didn't need to be said, and somebody should have been there saying, look, right, that's it now, you know. Because normally, well, they normally have like an interview in there, don't they? Like giving him yeah. questions and like stopping yeah. him from waffling on a bit and bringing the interview back to what they were. I just, it, it, I just feel like they just set, he was set up to fail a little bit. And, you know, c- can you imagine having a massive Barney with your missus and then walking outside and somebody putting a mic and, you know, as you hyped up and, right, you're going to say and act as we all do and look, look back and think, oh, God, I shouldn't have said that. Or I was, you know, I was upset at that moment. I was really, you yeah. know, they, Cause, they, cause, they cause should have ushered him away and said, look, you know, we'll say what we got to say in the press conference. Yeah, job done. Um, yeah, and give and let you know let our Alexander Usyk have his moment in the sun because he's just be you know he's just beaten Joshua twice. He's undisputed cruiserweight. He's now obviously still the unified heavyweight world champion. He's just been fighting Russians in you know in a war in his own country. His family have been you know all these things. I just think it just could have been dealt with. In a in a in a much more professional manner, I don't know who's to blame for that, but you know, he, needed, he's done. he only needed two minutes on that match, Scott. Two minutes just to congratulate the champion, congratulate the better man over the two fights. Did you know? And most importantly, then as well, you know, say his, you know, give his respect and you know, say say his prayers sort of to you know to Alexander Uzik and to Ukraine, and wish him the best. And that's all that needed to be said, really, Scott. Just respect and. And just sending out his best wishes to Ukraine, like and what they're going through. That's yeah. all that needed to be said. And then, as you said, give then the champion, the winner, give that man his moment because mm. it's not, as you said, it's bigger than our squad. It's our country's moment. What that country is going through the moment is beyond even thinking about. You know, know, we can't even dread. We can't even bear to think about it. You know, the situation that they're in in our country, and that man, he's he's a hero. He's a hero to our country and what he's done and what he's done in and amongst what's going on. And that man should have been able to have his moment and have as long as he wanted on that microphone to say what he needed to say. I know his English isn't great, but he had his interpreter with him. He could have said what he needed to say. Any messages that needed to be given to his country back home and needed to be heard. That was the moment to do it, Scott, after he's just won that fight. I mean, can and you imagine if, imagine a show on the other foot, like a British fighter had gone out overseas and, I don't know, if like the UK was under some sort of thing and then as he was... You know, and then the other fighter then who just lost completely took the mic off it. You know, we'd be we'd be saying that we'd be up in arms with me about this. So yeah, I don't know. I just think it's done now, isn't it? And just hopefully they can move on a little bit. And yeah, 
see what happens now in the future. But I, I felt sorry for Josh. I, I just thought at the end it was all a little bit of a circus. I just don't know whose idea that was. Yeah. And, and to be fair to Joshua, right, we, let's, let's move on, Scott, to the press conference. You know, as we said, things happen in heat at the moment. There's no human being who walks the planet that doesn't do or say things they shouldn't or haven't in, you know, in the past, in the heat of the moment. And then you sit down and you reflect and you think, shit, I messed up there. Or I shouldn't have said that. I shouldn't have done this. I shouldn't have done that. And to be fair to Joshua, we saw that emotion then. I mean, we saw the tears, obviously, in the press conference. And and I, I think it all just hit, hit, it hit boiling point for him then. And, and you know, that was the come down after then, Scott. And he, and he realised, and he realised that he, you know, he had done wrong. He shouldn't have said some of the things he did. He shouldn't have done or reacted the way that he did. And as he said, as we keep saying, Scott, he's only human at the end of the day. And you know, it was it was quite a sorry sight that you thought to see him then break down in our press conference. You know, Scott, and you could see obviously that the pressures of not just this fight and the build-up, the pressures of the career and the life that he's had to lead to that point. Has all you know has all gotten to him, Scott, and, and and the emotion started to come out. Then you could see it, couldn't have. Yeah, I mean, I just think for him now, he needs to. He needs a bit of a break, and he, I think he needs. I think he needs a few months off now and galvanize, galvanize his team. And I would, I think, well, well Rooty wants to go down because there's, there's, you know, there's plenty of plenty of routes to go down. Do Do you think, Scott? I seen some people. I saw some people saying that. Before we come on to the route, Scott, I want to quickly... I know we've only got about 10 minutes left. We don't like to go over much over 45. Um, but just quickly, before we come on to the next... For Josh and next for Uzik, Scott. Um, some people said that they... Although they didn't agree with the way Joshua reacted and we've just gone over all that and we've said a bit on it. But some people said it was actually... It actually showed that he's still hungry, still got that passion and it still shows that he still wants to possibly go and try and become a three-time world heavyweight champion, as opposed to walking away from a sport. Do you think it shows that he's nowhere near done? And we know, and we're going to talk about it in a minute, now there's still fights out there for Andy Joshua to be involved in, Scott. Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's learned on the job, isn't he? Let's be honest. He's, he's not, he's not, he's not, he doesn't come from a long line of lineage of fighters, and he's not had a massive, well, a decent, obviously, amateur career and stuff. But he's not had, you know, the... 190 fights that Ruzik has had and Joyce have had and Lomachenko and Golovkin, you know, he's he's still learning on the job, isn't he? And you've got to say, he did a lot better the second time around than he did the first time round. He's definitely going to want to um, go back to winning world titles and I, I, I don't see why not. I, I mean, he signed a massive deal to, to zone, isn't he? So that, yeah. that in itself proves that he's he's looking past the one fight against Ruzik. In we do get a little bit obsessed with these O's, don't we? And, and fighters mm. lose some fights. But, you know, Muhammad Ali lost five fights, isn't it? So, I mean, he's the greatest ever. You know, yeah. how many fights did... Um, my God, my mind's gone blank now. Manny Pacquiao lose. I mean, he lost, he's lost a few. And Delboy's yeah. lost, what, 10, 11? You know, White's got a few losses on his record. You know, three now. So, I mean, who cares? I mean, Canelo, look, Canelo, Canelo's got two on his, his record, doesn't he? Do I mean, you know? yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I, I just think he needs to go away and he's come back. And I know he'll come back and he'll, he'll most probably he'll come back. And I, I, I think it won't be long before he's fighting for the world title again or world titles again. Yeah, I agree, Scott. I, I think most most importantly, like you said, I think he needs a bit of a break. I, I mean, I know Eddie was talking about dates and things already, getting him back out and getting him going again. I understand, but I think refresh... Refreshing himself and reflecting, I think, will be the biggest things for him now. And I think a, a good break will do him well. Um, Scott, let's just quickly then, just to wrap up the podcast, let's talk about both men. And let's start with AJ while we're on him. There's still massive fights out there for him. Scott, I, I, want, us to, I want us to pick four names and say which we think. I'm going to pick two. I want you to pick two. Which we, we think is the, the most viable, the most suitable and best option next for Anthony Joshua. I'm not talking about down the line. I'm talking about next. Because I do believe that the next fight, he's got to win. He has got to win the next fight, Scott. Are we, are we, we, say, are we saying or from a fan perspective? or Because, I mean, is he going to jump in now with a a massive fight next? Or is he going to have a bit of a, you know, maybe well, a... I, I like, a like, like what while is in with Hellenius? Is he going to maybe go down a Hellenius route? I, Obviously, you know. I personally think, Scott, I don't know if you agree, I personally think it's got to be a mixture of both. It can't be, you can't drop right back down now and start fighting, you, you know, P- 
people who you're going to spark out within a round or two rounds. That's not good. That's not going to do anything for him. But it still needs to be, it needs to be a fight that I think is seen as a big favourite in. But it still needs to be a competitive fight that he could lose if he's not on his game. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It needs to be that type of fight, Scott. I've got one in mind. I, I, I'm going to throw the first name in, right? Pick two each very quickly. First name I'm going to go with. What about someone like Jang, who's on the undercard? Now, I, I'm thinking, right, the reason I said that name was because there's a little bit of history there as well from the amateur days, which sells it. Um, but also, you'd expect Joshua to win. But it's also, it's not an easy fight. He performed well on the night Jang did. He, he did do really well, i got to be honest. I was, I was impressed. Whether it was more Hugovic had an off-fight, I don't know, remains to be seen. It's a fight he's expected to win, but also as well that he will need to be on it, if that makes sense. I don't know yeah, what, yeah. what, what your I thoughts mean, are on that. As, uh, I'm talking about as a net, Scott, you know, as, a, as a, a coming back fight for Joshua to get back to winning ways, but it's not a walkover, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, it's a lot of stuff going around that she's always fighting him next, isn't it? But I don't think that's, that's done. But Because he's, end... he's obviously a viable contender, Scott. Yeah. He, ju- he just lost a, a, a final eliminator to fight for the world title. Yeah, for the ABF, he's a, so... He's a, legit, he's a legitimate fight, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Um, I You would expect Joshua to win, but I, like we said, that's that's a, a decent name to have on his record. Um, along those lines, and I'm going to throw in one that I think if Joshua wins, and he would be a big favourite, there's that there's a parallel to be drawn between him and Furies if he fought Otto Wallen next. Okay, yeah, I like that. Because yeah, like if he goes in and destroys Otto Wallen and then say four or five, people are going to, like, oh, bloody hell, Fury was absolutely smashed the bits against Wallen. It should have been stopped. And Josh has gone in there now and smashed him out in three or four rounds. Uh, yeah. You know, it sort of, it, it sort of builds the foundations then, isn't it, for the, for the Fury-Joshua fight? So, and yeah. I think, I think he does, he does beat him quite comfortably. I, th- I think we for number four, Scott. Right, I'm gonna I'm gonna say my next one, but I'm gonna say for number four. I think we'd probably both agree in it anyway. We've got to mention one. Right, it's got to be. We've got yeah. to say that, right? So we put Wilder number four, but number three, Scott. I don't know what you think about this. What about the the, the Joe Joyce fight? That's been talked up. That's been mentioned. The Joe Joyce fight. It's obviously a very. It's it's a competitive fight. It is. Joe Joyce is on a. Joe Joyce is fighting. I know he's got commitments now fighting Joseph Parker. You've obviously got to come to him first. Would you like to see then a Joe Joyce Anthony Joshua fight? Well, yeah, I mean, after that, that Parker fight? The, well, the winner of that then would become well Parker and Parker and Joyce are two and three in the WBC, and I think they are one and two in the WBO. So the winner of that fight is going to be obviously uh, really high up at the WBC, and will then obviously be the mandatory then for the for the WBO, so I mean, is it, that that would be a perfect fight for for AJ next? I think it makes it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? It Does make a, and particularly as well, root back to the world to world titles as well. See, and that that fight in the UK is massive, isn't it? That's a big big fight in the UK. That's that really sells. And I know there's been a bit of back and forth over you know the socials between them as well. Um, obviously you know the rivalry we think between the promoters. You know maybe it wouldn't be an easy one to sit down and do, but I, I think they could get it done. Um, yeah, that, I like that one, Scott. I do like that one as well. So that's Joe Joyce as well as a possible one. And then we both... I forced it upon you, Scott, but I'm sure you'll agree with it. Deontay Wilder. Now, Deontay Wilder, does he need to come? We would just, I don't think there's any boxer fan that still wouldn't like to see Anthony Joshua fight Deontay Wilder. I don't think there is. But does Deontay Wilder need to come next? Or is that too much of a risk? Because what if Deontay Wilder knocks out Anthony Joshua next? That's three losses then in a row, back-to-back for Anthony Joshua. What does he do then? Or do you think he needs to have a Jang or have a Joe Joyce or you know Daniel Dubois, I don't know, Otto Wallin, one of these type fighters, beat one of those, and then the next one could be... Where, where, where do you stand with this, Scott? Um, well, obviously, I, I mean, the, the Wilder fight, I personally feel should be for a belt. Do you know what I mean? I think... Yeah. To, to to fight Wilder for an interim or for a mandatory position, I I don't know. I think I think it's too big. I think it, it creates generates too much money. So really, I'd like to see that for the belt. Um, but I suppose if I think Wilder beats Hellenius, which he will, they'll most probably put him as interim world champion next to Fury. 
Yeah. And then I suppose it would be fantastic to see Wilder, Joshua for the interim WBC world title. And then that person then is a massive shot for the undisputed end, isn't it? So, yeah. yeah I mean, I, Wilder next, no, I would say it's too dangerous, but... Yeah, it's too much I, risk, isn't it? I, I mean, this, so, I mean, Dillian White, but yeah, what a fight that would be. Hergovic, that's another one. We, yeah, that's Hergovic one we for the IBF mandatory position as well, mind you. You know, it's, it's Daniel Dubois for the WBA mandatory position. There's so many yeah. possible fights, isn't it? Yeah, it is. That's that's what's good and that's what's exciting for, for Joshua now and his team moving forward. There's still so many big fights out there and there's still so many stepping stone positions for him. So what I mean by that is it, there's so many opportunities, I should say, not stepping stones, opportunities. Whereas he's one or two fights away. All right, yeah, he's got to do a little bit of rebuilding again now, I suppose. He's got to win maybe a fight, maybe two fights to get himself back in a position to possibly become a three-time um, heavyweight world champion. But the good thing for us as fans is, Scott, is the names we've mentioned by there now. I don't think there's one that I would say, oh, I don't want to see Joshua in that. They're all exciting, Scott, and they're all ones that I think would be good matchups, if I'm honest with you. Yeah, I mean, how would you think the world would react if maybe you went in with a Schwartz next or, you know, a Christian Hammer next or... I just don't see the. I just don't see what it does for Joshua, Scott. I, I don't... I, yeah, you get his... Does it give him a little bit of a confidence boost? Yeah, I think maybe confidence, go in and knock him but, out. But look at, look at Joshua's resume, Scott. He's got the best resume out of all the heavyweights, without a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt, he's got the best resume. I don't, I don't think that's up for debate, if I'm honest with Scott. Yeah, no. right? So you look at that resume of the fighters he's already fought. It sort of de- delegitimizes it then, isn't it? When yeah, yeah. Why why does he need to do that? And he'd spark one of those out within a few rounds. And what does that do for him? Yeah, it gives him a little bit of confidence, but it doesn't at the same time because he mm. still looks at that opponent and thinks, well, that's not really a legitimate competitive fight for me. Yeah. Whereas some of the names we just mentioned are all winnable for Joshua, and a lot of those fights he'd be the favourite in. But they are still legitimate fights where he needs to be at his A game, if that makes sense, Scott. And, and the good thing he's in as well. Like, obviously, we say, oh, it'd be great for fighters now to have a payday. He doesn't need a payday either, does he? He doesn't need no. to fight Dillian White in Wembley Stadium. He doesn't need £20 million. He doesn't no. need it. Obviously, I'm sure he would like it, but he doesn't need it, does he? You know, like, obviously, we think of Chisora. We're like, oh, I really hope, you know, Delboy is, you know, he's, you know, he made a lot of money to retire. You know, he's not in that position. He's a multi-millionaire beyond his wildest dream. So, yeah. I think it's more of a legacy than for money now, which is great, I think. And hopefully, like you said, hopefully is it in with a decent name next. Yeah, and Michael Hunter, even. Yeah, yeah, that's another one. It, it, the, the options are endless, Scott. And as you said, they're all, they're all great fights. And, um, yeah, I hope, obviously, he has a bit of time off, reflects, recovers, gets himself back in a good way. And then um, we look forward to hopefully seeing some of the fights that we just mentioned, Scott. Scott, Definitely. just quickly, because um, I don't think this one's going to last long because I don't think I need to say to you, I mean, I, we've seen over socials today, I listened to an interview with Frank Warren earlier, but he said that there's not going to be any stumbling blocks and this has already been conversations held. The only sticking point is where it's going to be and that's the only thing that needs to be discussed. Obviously, the next one for Alexander Ruzik is going to be that undisputed fight with Tyson Fury, we would think, Scott. Um, you don't disagree. Everybody wants to see that. Do you do you see there being any problems in making a fight? Do you think Fury wasn't retired? Was he? Let's be honest. He no. Was he? A week in. I mean, I don't see there being any problems because luckily Uzik isn't tied to a network or to a you know you know to a promotions company. Now, obviously, Alex Krasik is his manager, and you know they've got their own sort of promotion company, but. He's yeah. not with Sky, he's not with his own, he's not with PBC, he's not with Frank Warren, he's not with Bob Aram. So he's sort of yeah, like he's a free agent. Free agent. Sense, so I think it yeah. gets done. I think it gets done quick and mostly goes back up to Saudi Arabia again, I'd imagine. Yeah. And I think there'll be a bit of a stinker. Yes. Yeah, when we talk It'll about it, will be a chess match. And I just think when Fury, we, when we, well, Fury it's, just it's jabs mad, him all night. It's mad. You know, it's mad to think that we're talking about two absolutely sensational boxers technically, in Uzik and Tyson Fury, okay? Two brilliant, really, really are technically brilliant. But when you when you look at it, when you look at which would be most exciting on the eye, an Uzik versus Tyson Fury or an Anthony Joshua versus Deontay Wilder. Oh, my God. Which Who do you think is going to win that poll spot? It's not, it doesn't even come into comparison, does it? 
No, it'll, it'll just be like, you know what? It'll be like a always oh, confused. It'll be like a World Cup final. They're never that interesting. No. I've never seen a World Cup final or like a like even like a I suppose a Champions League final where it's like four three or three. Do you remember you know. Spain? What was it Spain Germany a few years ago? With, I think it was. Remember they scored one one in Argentina. Oh, was it? Was it? An yeah, Argent Argentina uh, Germany was a bit of a stinker. Like that uh, Germany won one nil, and they right to the yeah. things extra time and. You know, uh, yeah, they're never great. I just think that's what it'll be like. They'll be so it's so close. Neither fighter will want to give up ground. And I just think, oh, do you know what? We could be. I could be wrong. It could be absolutely an absolute barnstormer. But I just really don't think that'll happen. Yeah, no. I, I suppose it's what you like, Scott. I mean, if you are a boxing purist, then that's the one you want to watch. But yeah. I, I think you know, in terms of excitement, you know, a majority. I. I don't like using the word casuals because who are we to say that? But the majority of the casual eye or the audience that doesn't tune in as much as what we do, Scott, they look for knockouts and they? they want to see knockouts and the more likely, you know, sort of punch-off fight the showstopper would be that um, Joshua and Wilder one, wouldn't it? But anyway, Scott, it, you know, it's it's music. Um, music Fury one is, is one that we expect to happen. It's one that we, we certainly want to see to... The crown undisputed, didn't we? Definitely, just and I, I think it'll happen soon, sooner rather than later. It must be unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And Scott, it, it, when that fight is announced, we'll um, we'll have to get a pod up and running for that, and we'll have to give predictions and uh, try and break that down as best we can. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, well, Scott, it's been a, um, been good to catch you up. Is is there anything you want to throw in just before we go? I can hear obviously the dogs bark. Oh, do you know what? He, honestly, he'd be quiet all day. As soon as I come on here with you, he finds his voice and for some reason it's typical. Yeah, well, I, I, as I told you before we jumped on, Scott, I got my dog in the back of you. <laughs> but he, he's flat out snoring here, so I'm all right at the moment. Um, Scott, anything you want to add, though? Anything you think we've missed before we shoot off? No, I think we're all good. I think, uh, I think we covered everything, Key. And, uh, yeah, hopefully they're, uh, we've gone over a lot of time, as usual. But, yeah, no, I think we're all good. Yeah, great stuff. Pleasure, all as right, always, Scott. And uh, we'll catch up uh, in the week sometime, mate. Definitely, Key. Right. Yeah, cheers, Scott. Ta-ra, buddy. And thank you, as always, for listening to this podcast. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Overcast, and various other platforms. This has been Southwest Boxing Media Speaks in association with Brixton Streetwear. <laughs>